Set down your sleepy water and your Mr. Whistle. Take off that raincoat and grab a cold beer. It's time to have a real talk about pediatric dentistry. You're listening to Bruise and Tiny Teeth, the unfiltered pediatric dentistry podcast. I don't know. You're out in the desert, so you might not have this problem, but in like Missouri, it's like peak allergy season right now. So I just load up on like copious like Benadryl and Zyrtec throughout the day and it wore off about a half an hour ago. So I'm going to try my best not to like sniffle through this whole podcast, but oh, no worries. It's, been, uh, it's been miserable, but you're out in like the Las Vegas, well, I don't know, Las Vegas or like Nevada yeah. area, right? Yeah, Las Vegas. But I'll tell you what, actually Vegas gets really bad allergies too, because we get all that desert pollen just blowing in. Uh, really? I used to live in Southern California. I didn't have allergy problems. I moved out here. I've been taking like Costco packs of Zyrtec for like seven years straight. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's crazy. So I do, I feel you. Yeah. Are you in, are you, is your practice in Las Vegas? Like in the Las Vegas proper area? It's, um, it's the, it's still considered the Las Vegas Valley, but it's in Henderson, which is like mm-hmm. just right adjacent to uh, Las Vegas and still like 15 minutes from the strip. Oh, nice. So you can be downtown playing some blackjack in like no time. You're good. Uh, yeah, like last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I didn't know if like because you're a local guy, like if the locals still go partake in the festivities, but it sounds like you'll find yourself at a casino once in a while. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, like the strip, the locals don't go there. There's a bunch of like really nice um, casinos off the strip. But the other thing that I found out when I moved here is that every grocery store and every gas station has like slot machines. Mm-hmm. So you'll so you'll be buying your groceries. You'll see some people sitting there with their grocery bags on the floor, just like playing video poker and stuff. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. your ice cream's melting. I think you gotta like <laughs> get home or something. Like I think you might have to. You have a job. It's like a it's a ten o'clock on a Tuesday. Like what's happening? Yeah, like uh, yeah. it's funny in in Missouri that's not legal, but on the Illinois side it is. And so okay. when I go across the river, I'll do some like marketing stuff, go to some other practices, drop stuff off. I'll stop at a gas station like in Quincy, Illinois, and like they have the same thing like slot pokers like in the gas station. And yeah. I remember the first time I showed up at this gas station, there's like some sixty year old guy just gro- grossly obese, like with a double mega gulp, like the like the whole two liter Mountain Dew fits in the gas station oh mug, you gosh. know. And he's just sitting there, just pressing that, pressing that button, sticking twenty dollars uh, bills in. And it's like ten o'clock on like a, a Wednesday, and I'm just like, oh man, that's that's not that's good. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, heck, so, how, um, how do we end up here, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like what what decisions in life led to this point? Uh, <laughs> um, so you did a startup. I know we were talking about this like pre roll here, but um, yeah. I I wanted to hear more about that. You know, a lot of listeners, it's kind of a startup heavy podcast and stuff, and. I know yeah. we're talking about I'm going to start up myself, but tell me, tell me like your startup story. Cause I know you're not, I think you said you're not originally from Vegas. You're from California and have a different yeah. background. But like, tell me your like uh, professional path and then how the startup came about. Sure. Um, 2009, 2013, I did dental school in University of Michigan, uh, did pediatric dentistry from 2013, 2015 at UCLA. And then okay. 2015, my wife matched at, uh, UNLV for her OBGYN residency. Mm-hmm. So that's how nice. we ended up in Vegas. Um, so I was like, when I found out, I was driving from like LA to Vegas, like every weekend to interview for jobs. Um, that, that, uh, when we found out in March, 2015. And then I think, uh, for the next like four years, I was just associating. I work. I must've worked at like seven, eight, nine, ten different offices um, I, th- I think that's a little road a lot of people go. And mm-hmm. I think at some point I was getting burned out because I was kind of getting like jerked around by some of the owner doctors. Like they would prom- like they would dangle a partnership in front of me and then just pull it away. I like oh, man. really produce for some people and then and then they want to like uh change the terms of like the contract. And it's like uh, you know, it's kind of like this really sucks. So mm-hmm. uh my part my partner, she was one of the first people I worked with. Like we really got along similar treatment philosophy we just decided you know we're both tired of getting jerked around let's just go for it um so i actually hired a uh dental real estate negotiator and i hired um 
Scott McDonald, I think he does the he does the uh, demographics research. Mm, okay. um, so I paid him. I think his fee was like pretty cheap, like five or six hundred bucks. Uh, mm. You give him some parameters, like I want this, you know, I want like this uh, age range, family range, income range, and he gives you like five different zip codes that match what you're looking for within Las Vegas Valley. So I had the five zip codes. I get to the real estate negotiator. He hooked me up with a local um, real estate person that took me to a bunch of different sites to look at to open the office. And this is all the while I'm still working full-time as an associate at a bunch of different offices. Um, we finally found the place that we liked. It took us like, I want to say like three or four months to find a place. Um, and then once we found the place we really liked, um, it got it actually got harder once we actually zeroed in on the spot we wanted. Uh, the reason being is that it's a medical office and the landlord, the guy that owns it, he's never done dental before. So he's never mm-hmm. heard of like a dentist getting like TIs, like tenant mm-hmm. improvements and stuff like that. He's basically giving us a hard time saying, you know, why should I give you money to uh, renovate or whatever, or, you know, build out your practice. So that was like a big hurdle in um, my, my real estate negotiator. He's having a hard time. So then the landlord actually wanted to call me and talk to me personally and hear my story. And we must have talked like two hours straight. And he's like, oh, I really like you. All right, let's make this happen. I really, I really like your, you know, your whole Vietnamese immigrant background, how hard you worked and to get where you're at, blah, blah, blah. And that was just to get the lease. Mm. Um, so uh, I don't know if I'm rambling. So you stop me. Oh, no, but I, no, I, I'm just, I have little thoughts along the way, but one of them is something I've realized in this process going, I, I'm the exact same boat, medical building, working, um, negotiating tenant improvement. People don't realize the value of that landlord's building goes up when you as a dentist come in. Like if there's, if it's not a medical building, if it's just a general strip mall or something else, like it increases the value um, is my understanding um, of that property. If it has a medical tenant, because there's such good tenants, like having a dentist in there. So it was mutually yeah. beneficial for your landlord to have you come in anyways there. So, yeah. 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 Um, now, sure. Was I, so we, you know, we had to find like a, uh, a contractor to build it out. Cause you know, we're starting from scratch. It was previously mm-hmm. a medical office. We had to knock down all the walls, uh, redo all the piping, electrical, all that jazz. So uh, we had to find someone that, you know, um, so like a contractor. So I ended up talking to some of the supply reps that come through the offices I work with, I work at, um, you know, one guy I really got along with and I talked to him and it turns out he's like really well connected in the city and he had a couple of uh, contractors that he liked and I ended up getting, you know, bids from the both of them and it ended up, that ended up turning out really well because we really like our build out. Uh, all mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm trying to like get uh, get credentialing done for like Medicaid, all the PPOs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, while during my lunch breaks or in between patients um, at the offices I'm working at, so it's, it was. Let me, let me back up and ask some power sure. questions. Um, so you, you guys settled on Vegas. Your wife was doing her OB. Felt like she's. I don't know if she's out of OB at this time or doing her residency and stuff, but what made you guys settle in Vegas? Would you just like the area and wanted to settle just after you spent some time there with her residency? Yeah. So number one is we're coming from Southern California. So Mm -hmm. anything seems cheaper by comparison. Um, So we loved how cheap it was. Um, We love how much, you know, entertainment there was, like the kind of food there is out here. There's a lot of great restaurants. Mm -hmm. We were going to like concerts, like, quite a bit because you know everyone wants to perform in las vegas sure. um people want to visit you all the time because they're just coming up to vegas to you know yeah, do their own thing and they come by and see you that's really nice mm-hmm. um our first house it's like um three bed two and a half bath like i want to say like 800 1800 square foot we got it for like two hundred fifty thousand new Wow. Uh, at that time yeah yeah so housing uh, you know it probably was worth it, a little, probably worth a little bit more now i would assume yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um yeah so basically and it was like a four-hour drive from our parents house okay so it's like so it's like a quick trip a quick drive to go see our parents back in southern california so okay. there's a lot of good reasons that we want to stay out here good good okay so then another question i had that i i wanted to learn a little bit more about we didn't touch on was you um are you said you're a 
were you a refugee or an immigrant you said as a as a kid or what was your childhood like you know if you don't mind uh, touching on that because i think that's like an sure. interesting component of it like just hit on that quick like because sure. did you come from a dental family or have any background there or what, oh, what man. was your childhood so, more like yeah so uh my parents they're uh so my parents are the are the war refugees they came over in uh 1982 1982 i want to say um just came on a boat no clothes off the, you know, just the clothes on the back, no money, no English. And then they were able to put the, my four siblings through, through school. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. I, there was a point where the four of us were sleeping in the same bunk bed. I'd share the bottom bunk with my older brother and my two sisters sleep on the top. I'd like pee the bed and he'd get really mad and I'd be like, oh, it's, it's fine. I'll put a towel <laughs> over the top of it. It's fine. It's fine. It's like it never happened. It's cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so we, you know, we grew up like pretty poor. Um, but my parents were always like really emphasizing, like doing well in school, uh, whatnot. So, you know, we, I ended up taking as far as I could and end up in, uh, in dental school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my, my dad, he did like construction worked like seven days a week. I think he finished like a little bit of high school in Vietnam. My mom, like never finished school. So she was like doing like doing garment work, like almost like sweatshop style. I'd help her. Um, she got into doing nails because that's what Vietnamese women do with no education. I'd like help out at the nail salon on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was in residency at UCLA, the um, the house I was living in, I was living in the guy's garage. And on the weekends, I'd help out at his nail salon instead of paying rent. Wow. And I was doing that during a pediatric residency. Oh, so I was man. like, Dude, yeah, the hustle is just another, another level. Oh, I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm thinking out loud and maybe speaking outside of terms is like a very, <laughs> like, obviously like a white dude who had parents that had like, you know, my dad was a doctor and like had a lot of resources given to me. I'm always so impressed by like people that just like hustle and work their ass off and like, didn't have a lot of resources and still like are just crushing it. So the super cool story. Oh, thank you. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, so, okay. So now I'm going to jump back, um, to another sure. question I had with, uh, the location then tell me more about this. You said Henderson is the name of the town, um, or the name yeah. of the city. That in. Is that, yeah. um, is that like a, like a bedroom community to Las Vegas? Is it a suburb? Is it middle-class? Tell me more about, you know, when, what kind of demographic stuff came out of that study for where you're at? Sure. So, uh, with the demographic study, I definitely wanted, you know, he, the guy definitely picked spots for me where there were either less pediatric dentists, like less competition or the adjacent competition wasn't like really high reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, Henderson itself, it's basically like, it's like a blurred line between Henderson and Las Vegas. So you could drive into Henderson, you wouldn't even know it. Uh, Henderson itself, I'd call it middle to middle upper class. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of years with everyone exiting California, um, there's just been like wild growth in Las Vegas, you know, as well as like Idaho, Texas, Arizona, um, where I opened my, my, um, my office in the medical building, you know, there's a lot of good growth when the Costco opens up like five minutes away from you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of good growth. Dude, there's a, I've heard people do this uh, little cheat before where if you're not sure where to open a dental office at, you literally just like look up where they're building a target at and wherever mm-hmm. targets building, like they spend, you know, millions of dollars on like research and development and like, you know, growth prospects and demographic stuff. So if they put a target somewhere, they put it there for a reason. So like yeah. you just set up shop by that target and basically just co- coast off the, the coattails of like their homework assignment, basically. Yeah, so that's what absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to get on this corner. Um, the corner is seven Hills and St. Rose, St. Rose in Henderson. It must see about like, uh, I think the number was like 10,000 cars a day. Wow. We were really trying to get in that corner and we couldn't. A um, end up getting it, the the owner of that building ended up giving away to like medical marijuana or something. So we got into the building, one street behind that, which ended up being okay. Like we weren't able to get the visibility. So, uh, you know, my long-term plan was to work on our digital visibility, which was basically google reviews mm-hmm. so like like you know 300 positive reviews later you know like we see a lot of like people saying they came in because of our google reviews so mm-hmm. although we didn't get that street visibility like that ended up being okay 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's nice. Like the younger dentists that do startups or practice owners like yourself and like you and I, um, there's definitely like, you have to like, it's just part of the game. You've got to be good at like an online presence. Like, yeah, obviously like social media is a good one as well, but like the Google game, like you got to be on point and be on top of that. But it's funny. I always laugh when you like find an old school pediatric dentist, that's like an old dinosaur still practicing. And like, they have like no website or a website that's just like a single page with just like a phone number on it. And like, they're just <laughs> online like those days are so gone like you gotta yeah. be you know with the, our demographic being like you know instagram moms like you gotta be on your game to get them get yeah them. absolutely like we get we get some referrals from like the mommy groups on facebook which is really nice mm -hmm. i really try to stay off of yelp though yelp to me is like a big landmine That's like deadly. if you if you look at the yelp elite and you look at their the ratio of their reviews it's overwhelmingly one star like if the people on Yelp, I feel like are more prone to just giving out negative reviews for like clout or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So yeah. Try, you know I, what? You, you may be able to speak to this, but it doesn't seem like Yelp is more coastal. Like I you just Yelp whenever I'm out visiting like the West coast or California or the few times I'm out there, Yelp seems to be a bigger thing, but like, I don't know anybody that looks at Yelp reviews in the Midwest and maybe that's a good thing, but it, maybe it's yeah. a bigger deal out like in, in LA or something. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more popular. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, I think it's more mm -hmm. coastal. I typically yeah. Google reviews and maybe Facebook reviews I think are where it's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation um, with uh, Scott Childress, who's like a marketing expert, um, had him on during bourbon and baby teeth. But I asked him, I was like, how many Google reviews does a practice need to like, you know, really get, you know, rank high in search engines and, and like really have a good online presence. And he said that like, you know, there's a lot of other components to like ranking high in a search engine, but after you reach a certain point in Google reviews, it doesn't make, like, it's not a direct correlation the entire way, like a linear correlation. Like if mm -hmm. you have 200 Google reviews versus a hundred, it's not like you get ranked twice as high. It's like, after you get like you know, after Google knows like, okay, this is legit business. Like people like going there, these are legit reviews. Like you get a hundred reviews, like you obviously still want to continue to get them, but it's not like it's going to like drastically change anything by having, you know, a thousand reviews or getting tons. So I thought that was interesting because I, I didn't, mm. didn't know that. So it's nice. Like kind of like to your point, you just get those reviews really high right off the bat so that you're ranking high, like people yeah. are finding you and then like you're off to the races and you don't have to like, you don't have to continually push that hard if you don't need to. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, dude, I, I had, um, there's a bit of a, a tangent here, but I got into a pickle, um, this week. Um, we had an issue. We, our credit card thing got hacked. I don't want to call it hacked, but we had some like spammers like with our online payment system we had some issues and like everything's been smooth sailing things are good in the practice oh good um, i've got a um you know i use rectangle that's like ret retriever i think is the company name but um rectangle so that's my my uh, merchant servicer process all my credit cards well one of the things they do is they have an online payment thing so they give you a link i go to my website i embed that link you know you want to pay your bill now for parents that want to pay online versus called in over a phone and mm -hmm. they don't even use it that often, which is the shitty thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's only a handful of times, but I guess, um, we started getting all these $3 and 80 cent charges like over and over and over and over again. And that happened a couple of days ago. And then we like called and, you know, and then it kind of continued today, but apparently these basement loser computer hackers will get a huge list of like, like credit cards somewhere and they'll go find an online site, like a pediatric dentist and they start entering these credit cards for like small charges to like try to pay and then it sends an email to that person that says this card was declined this card card was declined and they just keep going and submitting it over and over and over and over until they find cards that are like valid so it's not like cards that i had stored like in the practice oh. it's like it's like them going to stores and trying to buy things and see if any of the cards actually go through but they don't have to go to a store they do it online so they were just using our website oh, as like a little try to hear cards. that and they did like a hundred some of them and they actually got like 20 of them to go through so like we had a couple extra hundred bucks and like credit cards we had some people call in it's like we live in north carolina like we've never been to your office before oh like, no and so they had like the credit card company had to like sort it all out we got it figured out but it's like 
I don't know. At this point, I'm just talking about the things that pissed me off this week. But freaking loser in their basement, some dude with yeah. the basement just hacking computers like credit cards and it's yeah i don't know if you've dealt with that before but that's what i've been dealing with all week not not yet we don't have a online um processor so yeah you to deal with that yet more. it's more headache than it's worth honestly probably yeah that, that sounds like another pro tip right there <laughs> yeah yeah that's a lesson learned the hard way for sure it, it sounded good in theory like a good service to the patient like oh you hop online and pay your bill if you want to but it's just, yeah, we get ourselves in trouble. But um, honestly, like most of the thing, you know, with some of the stuff that I had you on, I didn't really have a, a much of a topic to roll with, even though it's interesting learning more about your startup. We can keep keep going there. But I wrote, I've been writing down funny things throughout the last few days because, um, you know, part of the reason I got you on was I always thought like your Facebook posts were like like witty and sense of humor, and I always oh, thank you about what I'm reading. Like you had one the other day that you'll probably quote better than I can, but I was like rolling. I was reading it between patients, but like, it's like you doing your little monologue of like the kid, like, like three-year-old, will this hurt? And you know, and it's like me as I'm about to extract this, like, you know, grossly decayed surgical extracted root tip, palatal root tip on three or something, you know, something ridiculous. I don't know if you remember, I, this might've been an old post, but I was just like, I always Hello? LOL see your, see your posts and stuff. Oh, uh, sorry. I think you're sorry. The audio cut out right at the punch one, I think. Oh, no, um, you're good. You're good. Hopefully, hopefully we caught it. Our, I said our lines record separate here, but essentially one of your Facebook posts was just, you know, you were talking about like a little three-year-old girl. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, this isn't going to hurt. Like, and then you're yeah. extracting this and then she screams and cries the whole time. And you're just like, wow, I'm a jerk. Like, but yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like um, I'm not that smart. So the only thing I can contribute to the Facebook group are just like funny stories and like sarcastic humor. Like that's all I got for the group. Honestly, dude, our job is hard. So sometimes that's like what's needed to bring people back to life. Like, like the more I do this gig, the more I'm just like, God, we actually have a harder job than it appears at surface levels. Like you got to find the small funny moments like in your practice to keep you kind of fired up to keep doing things. Cause I definitely, you know, otherwise you're just like setting yourself up for burnout. So you got to like, yeah, find the little funny moments in there. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I started doing those Facebook posts uh, I, before I was putting them just on my personal page. Like it's like I was started practicing in 2015. Um, I had one girl like she was like five years old. Um, we did a sedation. We finished and she's like, you're my best friend. And I'm like, I really like you too. And she's like. I think we should go on a date. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just stuff like that. That was like, um, that's awesome. Really? Uh, that's how you get into I thought trouble. That was hilarious. I'm like, oh, I think this is like Facebook worthy. Okay. Sorry about that. Had uh, an audio cut off. You like it. You learn pretty quickly as part of like the podcast world when you're doing all these virtually. It's like once in a while you have Wi Fi farts that just kind of screw okay. everything up. But, um, yeah, it's all good. You were, um, so you were saying, uh, oh yeah, like you got done with a sedation or something and a, yeah. like a little girl was like, will you date me or something ridiculous like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, stuff like that, I was like, this is hilarious. I think I should start posting this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, how, that's kind of how that got started. Uh, another story was like, what was it? In, this was like also 2016. Um, you know, I got, I'm trying to take care of this like really anxious 10 year old. And for me, I always work with the parents in the room because that's kind of my thing. Like, I think it's, I don't have anything to hide. I don't sure, mind, I you know, parents seeing what's going on. And yep, then, exactly. and then like, I'm working on the 10 year old and the mom says, why can't you be a dentist for adults? Uh, only the kids get to see your beautiful face. And I'm <laughs> like, um, and I tell and I start sweating because I, you know, I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. And the mom says, it must be all that hotness. And then She's I'm like, totally so I'm still working. And on the radio, uh, Shakira, Hips Don't Lie starts playing. And the mom says to me, you know, I want to see you dance to this. I just want to see you. I don't want to um, see you dance in like clothes. I just want to see you dance in briefs. And wow. I'm just like, I don't know how to handle this. And as a kid, and I'm like, I just try to finish fast. And I'm like trying to tell the mom post-op stuff. You know, she's numb. Watch her. She doesn't bite her cheeks. And the mom's like, I'll bite your cheeks. Oh, my God. 
Jeez, yeah. that re- LOL red alert, dude. It's funny. And it's like, I know those moments too, where it's like, this is so ridiculous. And you're trying to do like post-op stuff, but like, you know, your words are coming out of your mouth, but you're like, so checked out. You're like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> what I'm saying. like sometimes I'm like I should just get up and leave because this yeah. mom's just looking at you thinking like this guy's a a tall glass of water here and she's not <laughs> she's not paying attention to like the post op like your kid shouldn't be chewing on fruit snacks or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I had a mo- I had a mom uh I wrote this one down I had a mom like two weeks ago that um like drove like two and a half hours to, to our practice, like a really long ways. Wow. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And she, they had been in once before and like kind of like rural Missouri and family and everything. And I like am treating the kids. It's like, you know, one kid's got like, you know, the country mullet and just like good old Missouri and kids and mom's like really <laughs> nice, like nothing we need to treat. I was like, Oh, it's a good family. Like I need more families like this. Like they value yeah. me. They drive a long ways. Like, you know, just good family. Like I, I need more families like this in the practice. And I've got a map at my checkout. I'm like, Oh, show me where you're from. And we put a pin in it. I'm like, Oh, just a great family. I'm like, you know, girls up front, like six months, excuse me, six months, we'll get them back in. It'll be good. And then after she leaves, the my front desk girls are like, oh my God, they are terrible. Never bring them back again. I'm like, really? What? Like what? And so the um, my front desk, uh, they've got a camera for taking pictures for the open dental account. And there's a video component. And Nikki, one of my my um, front desk assistant, um, she, uh, she shows me a video of the mom sitting down in the waiting room with the two kids while they're waiting for me. Mom pulls out a pair of fingernail clippers before all this happened. And she's clipping her kids' fingernails in the waiting room, oh. like on the chairs, like little shards of fingernail bullshit are flying everywhere and they're on the lap and then their name gets called and she stands up and they just kind of like flick it all on the floor. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never felt so betrayed in my life. I was like, Man, oh no, gross ass fingernail clippings flying all over the waiting room. So yeah, that was, that was kind of a sad, <laughs> sad moment. <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. like if a kid I, I, can literally poop his pants and i'm like okay it's fine it's a kid but like i don't know parents gross me out sometimes more than the kids do oh yeah i yeah i totally agree um mm-hmm. i think the ones that like come in smelling like marijuana stuff like that i'm just like oh come on what are we doing here did yeah. you drive here anyways um but yeah i totally agree that like, if a kid I, i've had kids like bite me pee on me fart on me you know, obviously throw up all kinds of things. It, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much, but you know, stuff like that is like, as an adult, you should kind of know better. Yeah. 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 It's, I, uh, I feel like it's, uh, Nevada is like a, like a weed legal state pretty much, isn't it? Kind yeah. Of very yeah, chill. But, is that more of an issue with you guys out there? Like, is it sometimes? Um, so it depends on the area and the office. For me, I'm not tolerant of it because it means they drove to the, most likely they drove to the office like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brings up like questions about informed consent. Uh, it's, to me, it's kind of like the same as alcohol. I like, don't show up to my office smelling like alcohol. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely legal in the home, but you know, it's not legal to like do in your car or um, public, um, just like alcohol. Yeah. That's kind of like, that's just kind of how I view it. I don't want to demonize it. Um, at the same time, it's like, uh, it's a kid's office. I don't, you know, I don't want to give off that, um, that thing where like, you know, anything goes in my office, you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, break all my lamps. You can, uh, draw on all my chairs. You can, uh, spit on the floors. It's perfectly fine. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to give off that vibe. Yeah. But yeah. I had a, I had a, a dad in GA the other week. I do in office, um, general anesthesia and I mm-hmm. had a, like a five case day, I think. And the last case of the day, um, the dad, like the kid, you know, takes his versed and you know that they like, you know, the nurse isn't going to give like a rinse of water because the kid's NPO and the kids freak yeah. out because it's gross and they start spitting and crying and being all fussy. Well, the kid's oh. like spitting and the dad grabs like the Kleenex box and instead of like in the quiet room that we have, the pre-op room, instead of just taking one Kleenex like a normal human being and just like, here, wipe this, just literally starts grabbing fistfuls of them like <laughs> – Takes like takes fistful, like a huge fistful of them, keeps wiping it, takes more. And the nurse is standing there, like not saying anything. I wasn't in there. Well, apparently he took out the entire box of Kleenex and then it spit it all. And then he just stuffs it all back into the Kleenex box. And and the dad's like, the dad goes to the nurse. He's like, "Uh, do you have any more of these? She's like, I feel like we probably went through plenty of them. He's like, 
like she, he could, I think the patient dad could tell, like she was like giving him a look or something. He's like, well, you know, for $3,000 worth of dental work, I think you can afford a box of Kleenex. And then she told me that. And then I LOL to myself. I was like, you are on Medicaid. You haven't paid a dime for it. <laughs> and you're wrong. That $3,000 in PPO is like $500 in Medicaid. Yeah, it's like I might have wrong, made, sir. Uh, yeah, I was like, I might have made 30 cents on the dollar. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I feel wow. like the parents that makes you roll your eyes more than, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like dealing with kids. Uh, one book that really helped me out uh, was uh, Now Say This. It's mm -hmm. a parenting book, um, but it talks about how to talk to, the, you know, talk to your own kids. A lot of it is like basically just um, one technique is like called like the spectator where you kind of like describe back to them what's going on. And I feel like as a pediatric dentist, it helps me kind of like see the absurdity and the hilarity of a lot of moments, which really helps me get through the day. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, I don't know, like, like, like a four-year-old crying at the dentist, you know, you get general dentists all the time. They're like, how do you deal with that? And to me, I'm like, a four-year-old crying at the dentist is like, the sky is blue, you know, like, that's just a normal thing. <laughs> But when I was in dental school, I had like a six-year-old patient crying about like denture impressions. I'm just like, kill me now. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't want to be here. Um, even like the older teens, the ones that like kind of like cry and are kind of whiny. I'm kind of like, yeah. I kind of don't want you to be here anymore. <laughs> and no, and no, it sounds bad. It no, sounds we all bad. think the same thing, Peter. Like every pediatric dentist ever, except I had a – Cyrus on the podcast last week, um, who's on this pedo startup page as well, but he, mm -hmm. his wife's a GP and he talked a bunch about how like he sees enough like teenagers. Now he kind of enjoys doing that style of dentistry, but okay. it's like, I don't know, that's few and far between, man. Like I, I had one of those kids come in today, like 13 year old who just drinks Gatorade all day and doesn't brush his teeth. Oh and it's just my God. Huge white rings on three quarters of all of his enamel and his yeah. and yeah. it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I think. I don't want you to be here. Like somebody else has to be better suited to treat this kid than myself. But yeah. like, then I think to myself, like, well, I don't trust a lot of dentists to do a good job doing this. So it's like, maybe I'll try to like, I've got a bucket full of water and there's a fiery car in front of me. Like I'm going to at least throw the bucket of water <laughs> before I roll it down yeah. the person. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I had like these two back-to-back -back teenagers today uh doing like half mouth dentistry like mod like mo moldb you know like crap like that I'm wtf like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh kill me now like second molar interproximal is like oh kill me now oh yeah yeah i've been trying to slim some of that out like my front desk has gotten better like if they can whiff that out on the new patient phone call like if we've got a family where we see like the three-year-old and the seven-year-old and the 10-year-old and the mom's mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, my 17-year-old has a lot of stuff going on. Like, could we bring him in? They'll be like, yeah, you know, he's probably going to be to that point where we would graduate him. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. However, so, that being so said, smart. though, it's sometimes nice. Like, I actually don't mind. Like, sometimes the teenage kids are like the best though like if they take yes. care of their teeth and they're like you've done their sealants they have their braces they're like well put together kids they take care of themselves like you can actually converse with them like real human beings mm -hmm. like hey man what you learning in school like are you driving yet like you can have you know and it's like awesome but when they don't want to be there and it's you can't motivate them and you're just oh. putting out fires it sucks for everybody it's no yeah. fun yeah yeah I, yeah some some teenagers i'm like very sad to see them go like they go off to college, right? Oh, I wish you the best. I wish you could stay, but you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta get older and leave the nest. I totally get it. And some teenagers are like, it's like, you, you know, not to be pessimistic, but I don't know if your your risk behaviors will ever change. Mm -hmm. And me doing like, you know, MODOs back to back, is that, you know, like, like what kind of what are we doing here? Yeah, is it going to make a difference long? To, like, you know, in 30 years, is this MODO going to really make it? Like, I'm just playing. Yeah, like, I agree with you. It's like, you can only do so much with a burr and 20 minutes of your time when they spend 364 other days a year not brushing their teeth, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That's like, I, I've, you, people hear me harp, harp on this a lot on the podcast, but like, those are the kids, like this kid I had today, I'm going to do all these gigantic occlusals and stuff. Like those are the kids I just put Equia on like everything. Like in my mind, my new theory on this, like to treat those mm -hmm. kids, it's like, I don't put, I don't like, it seems like whenever I try to put resins in those kids, they just like recurrent decay out like immediately. Like they're just, the mm -hmm. margins get chalky and everything. So it's mm -hmm. like, in my mind, these kids don't deserve to have like a composite resin white filling because they're not going to brush and take care of it. And that's like essential to longevity. Like no matter if I do mm -hmm. the most beautiful composite resin. So I've been using like a lot of, uh, Equia and like a lot more glass, like Riva. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's going to probably need to be replaced a little bit sooner, but like, at least they don't come back with tons of recurrent decay and they actually like seem to hold up a little bit better in those super high risk, like soda drinking teenagers and stuff. Man, you talk about like, how long is it going to last? Like I just treat and plan redoing it. MO I just did like less than two years ago mm. on like on a, a first print of mower and then I took an intro photo on the right next to the box you can see like mushy stuff and it's like ugh was it on so, a permanent tooth or a primary yeah no permanent permanent tooth? Tooth. yeah I think yeah. your equity is gonna last longer than my like you know Feltech <laughs> or whatever yeah you know what I mean? do you, um uh, do you I don't know I'm starting to get to that stage where my practice has been open long enough now, like a year and a half where like some of the work I'm seeing come back. I'm just like, ah, shit, that didn't turn out as good as I hoped it, it would. And like, mm -hmm. I think it's just the nature of like pediatric dentists. Like I, I love that. Like you right there just can like, you said that very lightheartedly, which is cool. But like myself, a lot of pediatric dentists, like it's easy to like, because dentists are such perfectionists, like mm -hmm. you expect these fillings and everything to last, you know, seven years, mm -hmm. like the literature says. And if you don't get to seven years, you're a failure. But in reality, most of the success rate is determined on, is this kid going to cover these white fillings with, you know, Gatorade and chocolate and nastiness and fruit snacks and everything and not brush it. Cause that's going to make a difference. But we take it very personally. At least I do. Like if I see stuff like yeah. not, not turn out right then i'm just like damn it and i'm like well that's not going the way we want i'm like maybe i'll watch it six more months like eh. i don't know do you ever do that like you're looking at your recalls like this kid was like really difficult to treat really anxious you take x-rays and you did all this work and one of them's just like oh shit like maybe there's like your margin like you you missed a little bit of decay in like one little spot mm -hmm. or like you you know mm -hmm. you've got a big void or something and you're just like oh my god i don't want to get in and have to do that i'm like we're just going to put a watch on it <laughs> and like see what I, um, like in six months. I don't know. I think when at the beginning, when I was working for other people, I was doing that. Um, but now that I got my own thing for my own office, I just redo it. No charge. Mm -hmm. Like the nitrous, if I use nitrous, if I use sedation, just no charge the whole thing. If I think it's like less than a year, it's more like operator error, like, sure. you know, like a, like a gap that you can see or stick or whatever that I think is my fault. Um, I'll, I'll just redo it. Yeah. Kind of like you're yeah, a little war a warranty on it that you sort of provide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think at the beginning when I felt like I had to do more like kind of like uh gray area dentistry where this kid should have been like a sedation or should have been like a GA. And mm. then you get those like little black triangles and the bite wings or and you're just like, mm. yeah. yeah, there's those where I was like, you know, watching because it's like, quote, un air quotes, clinically acceptable kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Dude, you know what's been kill? I've hit, like it's been killing me lately. I'm starting to have these GA cases come around again that I did a year ago, like when I after I first opened, and it's mm -hmm. more of an issue. Like Medicaid almost is less of an issue because if we go to GA or we're treating stuff, I usually if there's any sort of cavity, I just put a stainless steel crown on it. Like yep. I tend to be very yep. aggressive, right? So yep. they come back. 96% success rate, like, boom, everything looks good. But it's the private yeah. pay ones that are the killer. Like, like I just had this recall the other day, six-year-old, maybe seven, really anxious. Um, she was like five or five or so at the time I treated her. Um, previous dentists had done occlusals on S&T. The occlusals uh, were pretty good and they were just done, but there was decay all like in the other three quadrants. So I did like crowns, pulps and crowns in the other three quadrants. But at the time I was like, okay, S and T look okay. I don't see an interproximal, but like, you know, that like likely there's going to be an approximal eventually because all yeah. the other three quadrants have interproximal. And I was like, if this was a Medicaid kiddo, I probably would just crown it. And I'm like, yep. but this 
paying for it. Like she's already got this big treatment plan. Like they look fine. Like we're just going to walk, you know, we're just going to call good. There's no decay there. Well, like now it's a year later and there's like in amount of no time, like that last quadrant, you know, uh, inter, like interproximal decay. And she's still like, again. not cooperative. So now it's like, okay, do I figure out how to haul crown this? Do I like, slap SDF on it and watch it slowly decay into oblivion until, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like SDF and prey, you know, it's like, yeah, no, just just let it decay until there's interproximal space and then haul crown it. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding about it. I'm kidding. Don't do that. I I won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Decay until you've, uh, it, it creates an open contact for your crown to slide down easier. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But those are the tough ones because it's like then you got to explain to mom like, well, this is why I didn't treat these teeth the first time. There's no cavity, and now there is. Um, but it just seems like those self-pay ones are harder because yeah, you know, seeing more of that pop up, I guess it's just tough. You know, it's not like I did anything wrong. It's not like you know, it just it is what it is. You just it now you now it's going to create a sh- crappy appointment and hopefully not another sedation. You just got to you know kind of have a tough appointment and figure out how to get it done. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I you're you're right. Those spots are hard because like they're paying out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't want to you don't want to like not not over treat. Uh, what's the word? I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. But yeah, it's like you have to be more conscientious of like what you do because it just you know they have to pay for it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like if there's no decay, you can't proactively crown it. Right. You know, like, right. I totally agree with what you're saying. But yeah, those are tough. Like I had a I had a fact. Do- uh, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say I had a faculty member in dental school who like if we we're in the um, – I'm not going to say his name because mm-hmm. all my uh, fellow Iowa grads would LOL. But like he was like the older guy and he'd like – you know, if you'd be in the OR and it was like one of those quadrants where it's like, well, we don't really see anything. But like seven of the eight other molars have decay and this one still doesn't. He'd be like, well, seal it with the crown. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> He's not, but he's not wrong. wrong though, I know he's not wrong. Yeah, honestly, dude, that's like the hardest part of our job is like we pretty much all day just have to walk the line of like being conservative versus being aggressive. I feel like that's a huge part of what pediatric mm-hmm. dentistry is and what makes it hard. Oh, yeah. you know, and then parents have that. You know, I've started to use that more in my verbal judo. It's like like you've got a four or five year old with a huge GA like treatment plan, like decay mm-hmm. everywhere, and you can tell mm-hmm. parents are like, you know. <clears throat> not really picking up that you're you're telling him all this news i'll I'll try to be like buddies with him be like hey listen listen like if he was like i'm all about not treating baby teeth. like if i can just watch a cavity and let it fall out i'm all on board i don't want to get in there and fix these teeth any more than he does or you want to pay for it or myself wants to get in there and fix mm-hmm. it like if this kiddo were like 11 10 11 by all means we would watch these cavities let him wiggle them out himself it'd be awesome mm-hmm. but he's four. He's got to have him for six years. Like, I just am afraid we're going to wake up all swollen. Yeah. 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 So I try to be like, dude, I get you. This is what we could do, but they're not old enough. So I've started to like, kind of like be that cool friend, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Verbal judo. That's like, that's like the name of our profession. It's like all just like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think the first year I came out, I was like, my, my verbiage was just like, I guess you could call it like, um, straight to the point um not empathetic at all just like this is what i see this is what i think we should do and the story Mm -hmm. um and it took me a while to figure out like that's not how parents you know it's 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 true that you know we know what we know but my wife always says like um you know you can't you can't catch a fly with vinegar you know you have to catch them with honey uh, put another way, it's like, you know, we have to learn, like, this is also for all the new residents coming out. It's like, even though you know more than the parent, it's like, they still want to be talked to like a human being. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that you talk to them, like, you know, like you're their friend, like, like I care about your kid, but I also get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use that a lot too, my verbal judo It's like, I totally hear what you're saying. Um, I, you know, I also don't think silver crowns look the best. Like I totally, I totally understand that like, you they smile, they look like a pirate. I get, you know, I do understand that. So I try to say things like that too. Like I try to put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. and uh, then put a silver crown on everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, what's nice though, is you were saying that you've been, you know, associated for about four or five years at seven offices. What's cool mm-hmm. about that route prior to doing a startup that, you know, this was a recent IPDO discussion too, was like how much, 
you know, do, do I associate for a year? Do I, can I do it right out of residency? Like having yeah. those reps, like you were able to not say make those mistakes, but like you're able to, I made those mistakes. Just say, but, but on, I, but totally, some, I totally agree with you, but you were able to do it on somebody else's dime though. Like somebody else's yeah. practice you didn't quite yeah. do it right. The same with like your clinical stuff, you know, I'm going to like mm-hmm. mess with this material, do this, this way. Like mm-hmm. you honed all those skills and all that verbal judo for, five, six years, like at other practices. So that by the time you open your own practice, like you've got your game dialed in, like you're looking yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I know that post you're talking about, um, stop me if I start, I get too preachy or anything, but when I saw that post, I'm like, you don't really want to start a practice right out of residency because, you know, like when you got out of dental school, you're only seeing like three patients, two, two patients a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had three hours each when you, get out of residency you're seeing like maybe f- like five a day maybe 10 a day depending on your uh program and you have faculty backup mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about production numbers you don't have to worry about training assistants getting to know your front desk your back office you don't have to worry about understanding how a schedule mm-hmm. works how to see 30 kids 40 kids a day so mm-hmm. i always see those posts i'm always thinking like you're better off just like you just said, learning on someone else's dime and get paid yeah, pretty Peter, well for it for a couple of years. Okay, Peter, let me let me do a good analogy I just thought of for this. You tell sure. me what you think. Sir. So, um, you know, there's a reason I'm into like, you know, say space and aliens and stuff like that, right? Like there's a reason we haven't tried to create a ship to go outside our solar system to like another planet or something, right? Because- mm-hmm if we were to create a ship right now when we're not ready and launch it into space, it would take, you know, 20 light years or whatever, you know, like a ridiculous amount of time, like in our, you know, going a 10th of the speed of light or whatever, it would take 200 years, whatever the case might be to get out there. Whereas if we like dial in our systems, get better technologies, like get better rocket science and stuff, like we can create a rocket that can get there in like a fraction of the amount of time where it would bypass that other rocket that launched into space. Like now when we weren't ready, like we actually will get there faster if we wait a few years and get better technology and blow past it. That's like something, you know, going to Mars, but the same thing with like a practice, right? Like if you want to start it out of residency, you can do that and you'll probably be successful. You'll probably get there, but it's going to take you longer. You're going to make more mistakes. There's going to be like, you're not going to have your speed up. There's going to be things you don't know how to do. And if you get like a couple years of like at least a year or two of like a dry run, getting your speed up and stuff, like you're going to be able to blow that startup up so much faster because like you were primed and ready for it when that time came. Yeah, That's my little like nerdy, like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, analogy. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. I think even when I was like in my own, um, (laughs) like when I started my own office, this was like five years after, no, or four or five years after I started working, there's still so many like quote unquote rookie mistakes I was making. Like I didn't know how to build correctly. I didn't know how to like, um, uh, code some things correctly. Um, every mistake you make that you don't get paid, it feels like a, it feels like a a threat to your practice. And -hmm. I can't imagine like dealing with that if I didn't have like another source of income, which was, you know, part-time associating for myself uh, while I was, um, you know, working for my own office. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, if I was associating for other people, while I was working for my own office. Right. Like at least right. I had that safety net and I could know that like, okay, we mess up here. We're not going to collect that $200. That's okay. I can still make payroll. I can still make rent because I'm still working five days a week for other people to mm-hmm. like, and slowly grow my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's even more scary if you hope that that practice that you're starting is going to be your source of income because whatever runway money you get from the bank is going to drop real quick. Right. Right. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's like, obviously it should be a goal to like try to go full time, like as soon as you can, that means things, sure. are going well. but you know, it's, that's, it's, it's nice to be able to have that, you know, that side source of income, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I wrote a note down here and then forgot to bring it up, but when we were talking about like verbal judo and stuff and you were, you, you were kind of like talking about some of the things like treatment plan discussions with parents. Um, another one that I've been doing recently is, um, 
I'm sure there's some psychological term terminology for this, but it's like, sometimes I'll try to make it the parent's idea. Like if I'm struggling, like, you know, like if I, if I, if, if I'm struggling to try to like, um, get on the parent's same wavelength about something and I can tell they're not jiving, like mm-hmm. say, um, you know, like I'm talking about like, okay, your kid's got all these cavities. Like, you know, we've got all this stuff going on and the kid's three, like, and you know, and the parents like, what really? And then like, oh yeah, what, regardless of the situation, I'll be like, man, I just, this is tough. Like, man, we're just so young, uh, man, I'm really nervous about us getting all this stuff done. This part of like selling a big treatment plan too. Right. But mm. I'll be like, you know, it's like, man, like, I mean, I guess what we could do is we could, we could bring her, bring her in for four appointments and try it with some laughing gas and see, but man, we've got what? One, two, three, we got four extractions. Uh, let's see, we got a, a two baby root canals, man, that's a lot of stuff for a three-year-old. I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? I wonder if we've got like some other, you know, if we've got another option, like I, what if, and then parents will be like, well, do we have a way to like, you know, like just knock around and do it all at once? Be like, you know, that actually, I think that's going to be a, probably a really good route. We do have a sedation route or anesthesiologist comes in. You know what? I think that would be a really good way to go about it. Cause then parents have brought up the idea. They've already sold themselves. And then they think they're geniuses and it like, you know, there's probably some art of like selling a treatment plan, but I've started doing that more in certain circumstances and it seems to work nice. well. A little nice. verbal detail again. Yeah. Nice. That, that's, you know, when you're, you're describing that, the first thing that came to my head is that a gift from um, the movie Dodgeball where those two announcers are talking to each other? That's a risky play. Let's see if it'll work out. <laughs> no, I, no that's, I think that's a great idea. I think that's like, you know, like the, the core concept of like having the parent come up with a solution and then mm-hmm. being their own idea. I think that's, I think that's great. That's a great idea. I actually haven't tried that. I typically, you know, I, I do like, I lean on the empathy, empathy thing a lot and I give them the different options and what I mm-hmm. think is best for these reasons. Um, but the inception one, the one you're talking about, that's, that I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Also very risky. Cause if, if they're like, yeah, yeah. Three years old, we can do four appointments. It's fine. Can we just do one tooth at a time too? It could oh. like <laughs> it could backfire too. <laughs> you know what's worse though is okay. like if you've got a parent you try that with and they're like, no, I think I think yeah, th- I think four point yeah, that's fine. Like I think he'll be fine with nitrous or I think he'll be fine with laughing gas. Like he's a good listener at home. And that kid's like like under the chair in the fetal position, like not letting oh you do anything. Gosh. It's like, oh my gosh. I had one of those two recently that was just like a night. Well, I had two. I had a dad today that the little girl was like under the chair curled up and she's, and I have Mm -hmm. done this girl's GA already. She's four full mouth bombed. I'm just seeing her for recalls, trying to build build confidence. And she's Mm -hmm. hiding under the chair. No, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. No, no, it won't hurt. I'm like, no, no ouchies today, sweet girl. We're going to hop up here. Just count your teeth. Dad's like, if he hurts you, I'm going to punch him. I know we're learning jujitsu. How big is he? He was freaking, I mean, he was a big guy, but like, I don't care. I'm not like overly concerned about it, but I'm just like, that's just like really not a cool thing to say. Like if, if he hurt, but he yeah. wasn't saying it jokingly. It's like, you know, it's like in a not cool way. Like, oh, thanks. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm starting but, to laugh. I'm trying to laugh. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I was to the point of the day. I was like, this is stupid. Like get, get out of my office. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, I had another kid recently where it was like three quads of MODOs and you know, the kid mm-hmm. was not cooperative, like bratty little boy, like four five, five, but like knew mm-hmm. better, just was being naughty, throwing tantrums. Oh, mom's like, well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think I'll get it done. Like, you know, he just, you know, we'll just get him in the chair. He'll be fine. Like he's up there ripping the nitrous nose off, trying to sit up, trying to stall, trying to bargain. Mm-hmm. I come in like, and we went through this three times cause mom would just not take no for an answer. I should have just had her go, go and get a second opinion. She was kind of rude to the staff too, but, um, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And it was fine. Like we became like, she and I were, were fine and friends and it's all good. And it's yeah. whatever. but you know, it's yeah. just like, you just know, like every single one of these appointments is going to be terrible. Like the kid's mm-hmm. going to try to like bargain install. And like, he's like, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to tell you something. Nope. I just take my hand. I just stiff arm that little, I just stick him right back. <laughs> Nope. And then he's like, but, but my theory is like, what well, he's the type of kid, like once you get the ice light stuffed into his mouth so that he's forced to breathe through his nose, then like we're off to the races and it's, it's smooth sailing. Nice. And I just like oh, poop good. some, poop some like Reva, you know, 
resin modified glass on them or a couple couple class twos and send them on his way. We got it done. It just was like, you know, there's always like every week you get one or two of those kids come in that you're just like, oh no. (sighs) Yeah. It's like it's like 30 good restorative op appointments, but you only have anxiety about that one. Yeah. Don't think about the other 30 kids that were so good and they're like, thank you so much. And you you give them a little toy and it's great. Yeah, we think Uh, about, you know, the one that crappy. one like bratty kid that's just gonna ruin our week yeah it's, yeah. it's nature, though. this is like why we make you know we make the money is because it's it's not the easy kids it's like these tough ones that nobody want, mm-hmm. else wants to do like we're the ones that kind of figure it out and it's fine but <laughs> it, it's uh. fine yeah i see that a lot it's fine it's fine <laughs> like i'm doing a lap exam i tell the mom three times like please hold on to your child and three times a kid almost falls out of both our laps because the mom forgets to hold the kid. And she's oh. just trying to stick her head in the kid's mouth so she can see what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm like, it's fine. Oh, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Your kid almost hit the floor. It's fine. <laughs> or, or better, it's like, I feel like they don't even hit the floor. It's like, mom, you hold his hands right here. No, mom, mom, you hold these hands. And then you're like trying to count and you see that little, that little baby claw come up and grab on your mouth. Like, mom, hold the damn hands. Like, I know. No, it's fine. Just, oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Or, I, yeah, or I, do better yet. How, how often do you ever like just die on the inside when you're trying to like look at a kid's mouth who's being fussy and not opening and you're trying to get a finger jet jammed in there to like get them to like, ah, you know, open. Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden you see the parents, giant fat parent finger come out of nowhere and they stick <laughs> the parent finger in there like open up for him, Jimmy. And they like stick the huge finger in and it's like, dad, dad, I, I got it. Like we're fine. Like, like I love it when parents try to get their big meaty sausage fingers in there and help. And it's like, no, I'm okay. Like we got it. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. No, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah no, I get that too. Or, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that. Um, or they start pulling on their chin down as if yeah. that's gonna help. Like, uh, like so you know, their, their heads like down like by their belly button, like you know, where it's yeah. like chin up towards the ear and then they're getting pulled down. Yeah. 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 I think stuff like that, you just kinda have to like just laugh it off. But when mostly when dads start yelling at the kids, I just I don't tolerate that period. Mm-hmm. Like I, I immediately put my foot down. Like we are not doing this in my office. Like if if we're struggling, you know the stuff that we we're just talking about. Like yeah, okay, I'm dying on the inside. I can handle it. But for some reason, when dads start yelling at their kids or parents start yelling at the kids, I'm like, we're not doing this. We're not yelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Office. Yeah. I might, I might devil's advocate a little bit. I, I kind of agree. Like I, I don't like it to an extent, but like there's sometimes like there's some dads that do a good enough job. It might just be like the rural Missourian in me, but like occasionally mm. I'll get a kid that's just naughty and the dad will just be like, Hey, like you need to knock it off. Like you're five years old. You just got to be like, wipe those tears. You're going to be a big boy. You're going to sit there and get done. Like not often, but occasionally that happens. If it's done tactfully, I'll be like, well, you go dad. Like, yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit like our little, our, our kids are a little bit coddled. Like I'll take it. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Like I'll do a little bit of dad voice here and there, but I progressively have done <clears throat> less and less of it. Um, in my pride, I did a, like tried it a lot in residency and it mm-hmm. like would work on one, every few kids that were just straight up being naughty, but mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just becoming too old school and not a practice builder. And there's just better yeah, anesthesia exactly. ways, just better ways to do things now where it's like mm-hmm. nobody really wins. Ultimately there's no dentist, you know, there's no, dental cheerleaders outside the room waving pom-poms when you get that class two done on that naughty kid because you use class, you know, uh, voice control and dad's yeah. yelling and you know, you know, it's like you really didn't accomplish anything except he didn't have a good time. So it's like, yeah. I, I appreciate the art of it and it's kind of a, a dying art, but it, it's kind of like, you know, it's like CD players. Like they were great when that's all that was around, but like we have better things now, you know? I think so. I, for me, I would be afraid of like, a mom talking about it on a, on a review. Yeah. That's where I would a, be like, that's a, afraid. a very real concern too. Yeah. And it doesn't take yeah. much like, like you and mm-hmm. I know just as well. Like you get one angry mom that's well connected and knows a lot mm-hmm. of people and makes a post like that can like be a practice killer overnight. Like that's a very yeah. real concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we had that in the Facebook group. There's one, um, one lady, I don't remember what state it was, but she had like an angry mom start posting, um, like a one star review, and then all of her friends started review bombing her practice. That's oh, no. a killer. That was, yeah. 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 It's, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's to your point. That's another, what I'm reason, afraid of. another reason why you and I, I 
uh, I've shifted towards allowing parents back as a default unless they don't want to, then that's mm -hmm. great. But yeah, it's like if that parent's back there and can, excuse me, can watch you do that whole appointment and you know that you're good at your job, you're not, you know, everything, you know, it's all, it's all a nice, well choreographed dance. And as long as you mm -hmm. do your part and it's good, like that mom can't come out being like, my kid came out crying and screaming with blood out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. And what did you do to my little baby back there? Like they don't get to yeah. say that because they were back there. So that just, it helps eliminate in the age of digital reviews. Like it helps eliminate that, that potential for a, a time bomb. Yeah. 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 It also gives me the chance to like commentate to the parents what's going on. Like mm. I've had like a handful of appointments where like sedation, I'll do half mouth SSC, the prepping, the fitting, it's all fine. But once you start cementing the crowns, then they start crying. Mm -hmm. And you can tell parents like, and they, they start crying, but the parents are in the room. They saw everything else. The numbing went fine. The drawing went fine. Um, trying the crowns went fine. So you can tell me, hey, you know, sometimes you put on these crowns and you cement them on and they get that kind of like braces pressure that, you know, is sore and it hurts. And a lot of times parents go, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I say you'll give them Tylenol ibuprofen for that. And they're like perfectly accepting of like the outcome. Whereas if they were outside in the waiting room and they come out crying, yes. then it's like, uh, then it's like a totally different feel, mm -hmm. I think, or different perception as to what happened. Now, this yes. guy's trying to cover his butt. Was she crying the whole time? Was he abusing her? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then she comes out and in the car, she goes, mom, Dr. Peter hurt me. Then she's like, oh boy. And then she lights up the Facebook page. Like my daughter went to see Dr. Peter and he, she said yeah. that he, you know, and it's like, it, they just don't get to do that if they're back there and watching the whole thing. So yeah. 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 I, there's going to be, there's the thing is there's plenty of pediatric dentists that are going to listen to this, that have parents stay on the waiting room and like, mm -hmm. I can't say I'm a bit envious of that at times too. That's a great yes. way to practice. And like, man, there oh are certain kids where it's like, that's certainly a, a longevity builder for the doctor. If you don't have to worry about parents back there all the time. So I get it for oh the, gosh. for the, for the, you know, the doctors mm -hmm. that don't have parents back. Like I get it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. There's like literally, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I, yeah, I, I totally hear what they're saying as well. Cause there is one time I was doing an op. I had like mom literally over my shoulder I could hear her breathing. So I start singing out loud, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, <laughs> along with the TV playing overhead, just so I don't know if they listen to her breathe over my shoulder. That's great. <laughs> it's like, I totally, I agree with you. There are times where I'm like, I wish this mom were not here right now or this dad were not here right now because this dad just told me that I'm using too much local anesthetic on his child and my face is going to get bright red and I'm about to have to tell this dad, don't tell me how to do my job. <laughs> that happened like a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Totally the, the, envious. Uh, the, uh, um, the, like, the singing along, that's been a big one of mine is sometimes like if it's just quiet in the room, kids watching TV, you know, like Luca and Kanto turning red. Those are like the popular ones right now. Mm -hmm. Turning red's also like not the most appropriate kids movie and all of the kids just like really get into it i'm like i don't know have you seen that movie yet? i love that movie but it's also oh you know it, it's also like targeted towards like asian millennials i feel like so it totally <laughs> hit home for me um but it's also a movie about puberty right so yes. yeah it's yeah, totally it's not like, appropriate for little kids yeah but like every five-year-old watches it and i just make jokes about you know the panda and everything but it's like mm -hmm. oh yeah there's gonna be a lot of weird references yeah i bet that movie hit like i don't know it's very a lot of like Asian cultural references, like coming of age references that I thought were really funny in that movie. But mm -hmm. yeah, the, um, but yeah, well, I bring that up because like I had a, a little girl the other week who like knew every line to every word in Encanto and like all those songs, wow. like, which is really impressive. And that's like what was made it tough. It was like, I was trying to prep for like a crown and a pulp and a bunch of stuff down on like K and L and like mm -hmm. she's in there like with the ice light in and she physically cannot help but like <laughs> sing out loud with it and she's trying to sing along and like Sweet girl, we gotta, like we gotta not move our tongue and it just made it ridiculous but she's so damn cute like i couldn't help i was like you're yeah yeah i yeah like i had the same thing happen with like the bruno song like we all know the bruno song oh, hell I was yeah. like i know you know the bruno song let me pull this tooth out of your mouth please yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
oh, dude, I've got this wicked. Dude, we're just we're just going down deep rabbit holes. We're all over the place on this podcast. Jesus. Um, I've I've been I've got this new extraction little tweak down. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. It works great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think did Ben Popple tell me about this? Somebody I read this on oh, a he's Facebook. Great. He's great. He's, great. he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, this this might have been a pearl on like um dental clinical pearls, but like almost 90% of the time, if I'm wiggling out a baby tooth and a kid's struggling, we get them all numb. You know, you get past numbing part and you get to that part, you're like, all right, I gotta start luxating that tooth, and this kid's probably gonna like get <clears throat> you know, pretty upset from all the pressure. Mm-hmm. The way that mm-hmm. I sell it now, it's like, all right, like, here we go, bud. Like I got my fingers. And even though I'm holding the forceps, I show them the tip of my fingers. I say, look, I got my fingers. I'm going to squeeze and grab onto that tooth with these two fingers. I just want to see if it's loose and wiggly. Like, you know, when you wiggle baby teeth at home, they get kind of loose and wiggly and you see if it wiggles back and forth. I'm just trying to see if that's wiggly. <clears throat> But I need to see if you can help me. I want to know, are you a good dancer? Do you dance at home? And they sit there and every single kid's going to say, yes, I'm a good dancer. Well, then those are saying that you slide those little four set beaks on. It's like, can you help me out for like 10 seconds? Can you help me do the tooth dance? Like go like this. You shake your head back and forth like this. And I have them do, okay, keep on dancing, keep on dancing. And then like they can feel it pushing, but like you just hold the forceps still and they literally just start luxating. <laughs> <it> <laughs> And they literally like 90% of kids will pull their own tooth out, just dancing as long as you hold on to that tooth what? and you just keep wiggling. It is amazing how well wow. I was wow. like, man, I've been doing this years ago. You still charge them <laughs> with extraction, right? Even though they're yeah, doing I it. Yeah, I know, right? Even though they're <laughs> the dentist at this point, but yeah, that's been a really good pearl. So that's, that's a slick trick, if you oh. know. especially like the nervous little right. girls or like nervous girls, but they like, you know, girls love to dance. Like if you sell it to them, we got to see mm-hmm. how good of a dancer you are. Shake your head back, mm-hmm. shake harder, harder, dance, 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 go, 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 go. Like they'll get that mm-hmm. tooth out in like no time. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. So I got to remember the inception one. I got to remember the dancing extraction one. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple so others. I feel like I was fill, filled with like little knowledge dropping pedo pearls here on this podcast. It's fine. Hey, that's what it's for, man. That's what that's it's, what for. it's for. Peter, I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up just because uh, I think you got two hours ahead of me, but these old bones going to wrap up and get ready for bed here. Oh, sure. I got a busy day. But um, man, I, I appreciate you hopping on and tell me a little bit about your startup. Sounds like things are going well. And um, yeah, yeah. Am I going to catch you out at uh, uh, San Diego? Or are you going to APD this year? Uh, not this year. The last AAPD I went to was in, uh, I think it was the one in, uh, Napa Valley. No, no, the one in Hawaii. Sorry. Hawaii. One in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, I, lately I've been going to the sedation courses in Las Vegas. Oh yeah. Um, Cause yeah. I deal a lot of sedations and it's like, I don't have to pay for a hotel or flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to go to APD for sure. Just because there's a lot of lectures that I miss out on that people talk about on Facebook. I'm just like, uh, I don't, even, I don't even know what LTSR stands for. And you know, people are talking about it, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, but at least you got to, you get to see old Steve Wilson out there, not dropping some knowledge bombs. That guy's a legend. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah, for great. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate right, you dude. having me on the podcast, you know, um, yeah, like I yeah. said, I don't, I'm not very smart, so. All I can contribute is just like sarcastic comments. No, man. But uh, honestly, this was a fun podcast because sometimes it's nice to just be able to like jump onto tangents about like funny things at work and just talk and vent about stuff. So it's like, these are the things I need to like get me through. I feel like a long week when I'm a soul. You know, you got a partner, which is kind of cool. Like in your practice, Mm -hmm. like it can be, I've talked before, pediatric dentistry can be a little bit isolating. So it's nice to be able to like have these podcasts where you can like, you know, like just, just shoot the shit for lack of a better term with another pediatric dentist. It's kind of, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Peter, man. Well, nice talking to you and uh, appreciate you coming on and we'll do it again sometime. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the bruise and tiny teeth podcast. Be sure to DM our host Casey gets on social media with any listener questions, comments, or tough clinical situations. We'll see you next week for another unfiltered episode.